1: One of the byproducts of this coronavirus and its impact on me personally and the way I do my work is that I have essentially been sequestered and shoved into a little bubble here. This guest bedroom of mine from whence I've been broadcasting for the past number of months uh, really is my whole life these days. I both, you know, due to the nature of the virus itself and the guidelines and the protocols and such, I, I, I don't interact face to face with many people. And that may be the case for you as well. What it has done for me is that uh, all of the things that I, I talk to you about, they come from uh, you know either phone calls uh, or uh, text messages, or information that's delivered to me by certain individuals. I will uh, exchange emails to get info and insight on the, the various things we discuss on this program. And it has... Uh, become less and less the routine for me to be out and about witnessing with my own eyes what is happening uh, in this community. And it breaks my heart. And it is one of the reasons I am so angry with this coronavirus. But last night that changed. Last night I was able to see some of the great goodness that has come about in the midst of this coronavirus. I was also last night able to see some of the great and heartbreaking need that has come as a result of this coronavirus. I'm talking about the program called Farmers Feeding Utah. It it works very simply. In Utah and in this region of the country, there are many farmers who have been producing and producing and producing, and due to supply chain disruptions and other problems which have come about as a result of the coronavirus, those farmers have seen their produce go to waste. They have had to quite literally dump milk out in some instances and left other food to go to rot. That's one side of the coin. On the other side, there are those individuals which have been without work for some time now. And as you and I know very well, sometimes the margins can get pretty thin. And it gets difficult to absorb challenges. What I'm getting at is that the coronavirus, for many, has made it difficult to fill the pantries and fill their bellies. There's one need. Now, what if a group were to step into the, be in the middle there and somehow connect those farmers with produce with the Utahns with hunger, and let the food produced by those farmers satisfy the hunger of those Utahns. Well, Utah, Farmers Feeding Utah has done just that. And on the line now with me is uh, the man behind it all, the Farm Bureau of Utah President, uh, Ron Gibson, a good friend of mine. Mr. Gibson, sir, how are you? Doing good. How are you, Lee? I'm well. Uh, tell me how things went yesterday. You uh, had another one of these miracle events where you were handing out food uh, to those in need.
0: It was an amazing experience. There was so much food there. And at first I thought, oh my heck, will we ever be able to give this away tonight? And boy, I'll tell you what, those cars started to come and they came and came and came. and, And, you know, I just stood there. We had a bunch of volunteers and it was so neat, and for me, just to watch the expression on people's faces as they were able to get all that awesome meat and fresh corn on the cob and fresh cherries from down in Santa Quinn and garlic from one of our farmers up in Davis County and, you know, hamburger from from one of our farmers up in Botselder County, um, cheese from, from heber valley cheese up and up in midway i mean it was just so amazing just that all come together and i was just so happy to be a part of it it was so cool
1: What, what lessons did you learn last night
0: i just learned that you know this coronavirus um it's easy to get it's easy to get in your own bubble and you know sometimes i get all caught up on how the coronavirus has affected me and my business and my family and been a really, really hard thing for us. But last night, as I was able to watch those people come through those lines, you know, my heart just broke for so many of those people. You know, this is really a, a tough time in our country. This is a tough thing that we're going through. This one lady came through and she had four or five kids in her, in her minivan, and she just had to in her up. said, thank you so much. She said, this will feed my family for a few days. So I don't know what we'll do after that, but for the next few days. It was an experience.
1: Yeah. Our, our connection is poor, and I apologize uh, for that. Uh, what's next for uh, farmers feeding Utah? Do you have more of these uh, miracle events planned? Uh, how can folks help out even?
0: Well, we have a we have another miracle project that we're working on right now. We haven't got it all set up yet. Um, but we're gonna make that announcement in the next week or so um, on on Wednesday this week, the Ogden food food pantry got broken into and so, We're delivering a bunch of stuff up there to the Ogden Food Pantry tomorrow, and um, that'll be cool. But just in the next few days, we're going to make our announcement about what the next Miracle Project will be. and It's also going to be in an area where there's a lot of need, and it's going to be an awesome experience as well.
1: Outstanding. FarmersFeedingUtah.org is the website where information is available and opportunity to, to help out. What I witnessed yesterday, Ron, is exactly what this event is called. It was truly a miracle. I can't thank you enough for allowing me the opportunity just to stand on the sidelines and see uh, the, those countless people, I think 1200, uh, some odd people came through the lines and were on the receiving end of that food. And you described that, that one woman with tears in her eyes, uh, with kids in the back, uh, letting you know that, uh, the work being done there was going to allow that family to eat. That was one of countless hundreds of examples of the same type of need being satisfied. And it's heartbreaking, but it is also encouraging. Uh, we live in a special place here in Utah. And to know that there are people like you and your organization uh, who can quite literally uh, bring health and happiness to to those folks in need, uh, I'm humbled to to know you, and I was humbled last night to be there and to witness it all. So thank you uh, for what you're doing, and please keep it up.
0: Thank you so much. It was awesome to see you last night. Have a good day.
1: All right, you do the same. I don't mean to go on and on about this, but uh, it, it it struck me last night as I saw, and I know the woman he's referring to there, as she came through. Uh, it, it was a face full of tears, uh, tears of both humility and joy and relief. Because this coronavirus, it is absolutely no joke. It is no joke. And its devastating impact is being continually felt, and it's not just in uh, those who are suffering from the virus, but it is in uh, the ramifications of all of the all the uh preventative measures that you and I are taking. The, the economy has impact been impacted uh, so dramatically that food is scarce. And that hunger is being felt in the bellies of children. And I got to see last night uh, some of those uh, bellies uh, get full. It was a wonderful, beautiful thing. I want to talk to you a little more about service, some of my uh, additional observations from last night. I also want to share with you some words uh, from George W. Bush on this very issue of serving. And serving in the face of trying times. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Final segment of today's episode of Live Mike, episode number 155. We covered a lot of ground today. We have heard uh, much from Attorney General William Barr as he testified before a House Judiciary Committee hearing this morning, where uh, it was no holds barred, if I'm honest. Uh, and you'll see countless headlines uh, stemming from this back and forth. Uh, this morning, uh, which lasted well into the afternoon, uh, but as you as you consume the coverage and as you think back on uh, today's episode of Live Mike and as you go uh, later on to listen to the podcast, I want you to pay particular attention to the opening statements made by William Barr. You see, in the opening statements, and you may disagree with this if your politics are this way or that way, but uh, the, the opening statements... Uh, in hearings such as this are the opportunity for the witness to deliver uh, remarks and attitudes and facts and findings uh, without, without the interruption of the members of Congress. It is their opportunity to give their full presentation. And because they do so in a public setting, it's of course available for scrutiny. And for legal minds like William Barr, he knows that that scrutiny will be intense. And so everything that he presented this morning, in my humble opinion, uh, was was strong, was well thought out, and it was appropriate. And uh, because this is an opinion show, and I'm free to share with you my opinions, whatever they may be, I agree 100% with the attitudes presented by uh, William Barr. Law and order must be upheld in this country. Law and order must be upheld. There are are legitimate grievances held by uh, those who are protesting the ones who are doing so peacefully with sincere intent. But much of that behavior and much of the message shared by those peaceful protesters has been hijacked by 'er ne'er-do-wells, by those who are now uh, burning courthouses in Portland. That's federal property. William Barr defends the president's deploying of federal agents to protect that federal property, and I do as well. So go back and listen to that. Go back and listen to the opening statements, as well as all the back and forth that took place between uh, William Barr and the other members of Congress. That, uh, for me, is an important part of today's program, and an important part of the news of this day. We're going to take a step away from that for a moment. And in the last few minutes here on today's episode of this program, I want to talk to you more about what I was able to witness last night. Uh, Last night, you heard, just before the commercial break, a conversation I had with Ron Gibson, he with Farmers Feeding Utah. This is that program uh, that connects the the produce of Utah farmers with the needy, those here in Utah who uh, don't have enough money for food right now, Uh, and it was a beautiful thing. I got to witness it last night, but it instilled in me something much more profound uh, than just a nice, uh, feel-good service project. It instilled in me the reality that no one is immune from hardship. I won't reveal anything. I won't reveal any identities or make anyone feel uncomfortable. But as uh, I last night uh, lent a hand loading up uh, little sacks of potatoes into the trunks of the cars that came through, Uh, each one of those cars representing someone who had fallen on such hard times that uh, they were unable to secure food for their family and that they were reaching out to an organization like this, Farmers Feeding Utah, to get some help. As those cars were pulling up, uh, I saw faces I recognized. I saw people I knew. I, I know their backgrounds. I, I know the, the line of work that they would typically be engaged in before this coronavirus showed up. I saw people uh, who have enjoyed uh, very happy and prosperous lives for much of their life. And to see them come through the line last night and to make eye contact for there to be recognition, we gave each other a brief head nod, acknowledging the situation in which we found ourselves. It uh, reminded me that service is something that sets us apart here in Utah. There are these studies from time to time that uh, somehow quantify a region's willingness to be uh, a charitable and a service minded people. And we here in Utah are often on the top of that list. That doesn't make it any easier when you are on the other side of that service. In fact, it may make it even harder. But if you're listening now and you are on the edge, if money is tight, if you look in the refrigerator and in the pantry and there's not much there, and if you've got kids who right now are wondering why lunch is so late, or if you have kids who are uh, wondering if dinner is going to be uh, served this evening and if it'll be enough to fill their belly, uh, know that uh, you're not alone. And that there are organizations like this, Farmers Feeding Utah, uh, who are there to help. And we are going to get through this. And we're going to do so uh, by getting through it together and watching out for one another. Uh, oddly enough, George W. Bush shared a message uh, a while ago that uh, it kind of lodged itself in my mind. And this morning as I was preparing this program and I was thinking about this conversation here that you and I would have, uh, I thought about the words shared by uh, former President Bush, W. Uh, And here he is. It's about a minute and a half long. I'd like you to listen to it. Here he is uh, discussing uh, what it means uh, for you and I to endure these challenging times and what it means to stand up to the challenge, not only ourselves, uh, but in the service of others
2: in this time of testing we need to remember a few things first let us remember we have faced times of testing before following 9-11 I saw a great nation rise as one to honor the brave to grieve with the grieving and to embrace unavoidable new duties and I have no doubt none at all that this spirit of service and sacrifice is alive and well in America second Let us remember that empathy and simple kindness are essential, powerful tools of national recovery. Even at an appropriate social distance, we can find ways to be present in the lives of others to ease their anxiety and share their burdens. Third, let's remember that the suffering we experience as a nation does not fall evenly. In the days to come, it will be especially important to care in practical ways for the elderly the ill, and the unemployed. Finally, let us remember how small our differences are in the face of this shared threat. In the final analysis, we are not partisan combatants. We are human beings, equally vulnerable and equally wonderful in the sight of God. We rise or fall together, and we are determined to rise. God bless you
1: all. I don't mean to wrap up the program on these uh, kind of somber tones, uh, but what I will leave you with is this, that uh, to reach out for help, there is no shame in that. And there is a great joy and comfort that comes from rendering service. A little bit of personal insight, I've been kind of blue lately, kind of down in the dumps, uh, not really uh, knowing how to get myself out of that funk. And yesterday, when I was able to see this organization helping people and to, in some small part, myself lend a hand and load a few bags of potatoes, I came away from it uh, feeling wonderful. I felt so good. I was out with uh, people who had dedicated their evening in the rain. You know, the rain came down pretty heavily at the state fair park last night where this event took place. And there they were all standing shoulder to shoulder in service. And to feel of that spirit and to participate in it in some small measure, it uh, recharged my batteries. It made me feel great. And it made me feel good. And it made me feel a part of something. Because uh, for too long, I've been kind of uh, my own worst enemy, feeling sorry for myself here, cooped up in the guest bedroom as I broadcast this show to you each day. Uh, But I found a way to relieve that pressure and it was uh, in the service of my fellow man. I would invite you to look for opportunities to do the same. There is great goodness, and there is great service to be rendered right now, especially as you and I together uh, battle uh, this unfortunate pandemic. We're going to get through it, and we'll do it together.